2: This is Radio
3: Wave Meginomics with your host, a friend of Megagoria.
2: We want to wish you today a happy Thanksgiving. Of course, this is a special day that our nation gives thanksgiving for all the blessings that have been shared upon us. Following the pilgrims, the Mayflower, the Indians who came and ate with them, they joined together in unity for the purpose of being thankful for the fruit of the land. For what God brought forth from it. You can't say because we had automobiles what we could do now, we should be thankful for, or the things that's been given to us that we should be thankful for. But then things were more organic. Things were more simple. They were grateful for the abundant harvest. And joined together in celebration of that Thanksgiving. A celebration that the Indians themselves Knew not of in that sense, as other nations do not know our day that we designate. I know Canada does a day of Thanksgiving, several other nations probably do the same. But it's unique. We pick our day for our nation, and it's going to follow on Thursday in November. And that's our nation's day to give thanks to God the Father. People want to change it. Verbicide, you've read about that, and they find the first shot. They want to call it Turkey Day. That way they can reinterpret it or they can get you away from what are you doing on that day? What does what Thanksgiving mean? And we have, as no other nation before us, have all the reasons to be thankful for, for God's providence. He takes care of us. But we've grown hard to that. We don't see the blessings every day. The life we've been given. Even... Now, as bad as things seem to be, you're eating, you have shelter, you have a roof over your head. We're prospering still in our decline. It's an amazing thing. Kings would have had great luxury living on the normal basis of the average peasant here today. Going in and turning on the hot water and having it. You say everybody's having a hard time? Still, look at what we've got. Look what electricity does for us. There's so many things to be thankful for. And so it was in 1988, November 24th, after asking a lady several times to appear outside because so many thousands began to gather around the house. And she refused. We stopped asking. And suddenly, out of the blue, she says, Tomorrow I will appear out in the field. We were shocked by this. We didn't ask for it. We've we forewent that that was not going to happen. They would be remaining in the house. The one day our lady chose out of the three-month stretch, November, December, and January, Maria was here, apparitions every day. Our lady was very joyful every day. And even though we repeatedly asked afterwards, she never went back out there to the field. Which is, in her wisdom, and at the time to our somewhat disappointment of so many people coming here by the tens of thousands, We wondered why. It took time to realize the magnitude I want you to know that you need to be a grateful, thankful people. Your nation, I've come for it. Your nation, I'm here for this day, and I'm designated and recognizing the day of Thanksgiving to God the Father for my son paying the price on the cross for what I'm doing for you now. Our lady told us in our message, you would pray unceasingly, If you comprehended my apparitions, to be thankful for these daily apparitions. How would you like to be going through what we're about to go through and what we're going through now without the Heavenly Mother appearing on the earth each day, without giving us guidance for these 31 years? I tell you, people, we better humble ourselves, call upon the Lord to heal our land, heal our hearts, and heal our families. We're in grave trouble. And perhaps on a basis of comparability of what past people lived and what was available to them, we're not bad off at all. in reality. But we sense it. We know if this is taken away that we don't have the ability, comparability of what they had in in, taking care of their own and meeting their needs 200 years ago. We can't do that. We don't know how. We don't have a, a structure. We don't have an infrastructure. 1929, stock markets crash. The Dust Bowl hits in combination, showing that this was a chastisement. But people were close to the soil. They knew how to have a kitchen garden. The Italians in New York knew how to have in their backyard rabbits, and they had meat twice a week sometimes, because they breed quickly. Do you know how to do that? Do you know how to keep them alive? Oh, We thought we could get hogs about 15 years ago. Instead of paying $300, why not pay an extra 100 go to the 4-H club at the end of the season and get the, the number one hog in the whole southeast. Brought them back here, died. Three of them, all three died. Why? Because of the way they genetically breed them now. They're not bred to be hardy. They're bred to be bred, to be bred in, uh, and raised in a facility with air-conditioned, Cadillac. Put the feed. don't give any reason for them not to gain weight, get it and push the dollar. It's chasing the dollar, not a way of life. We bought into a system that negated God. And we needed more. I thought I'd never agree with the union. But the union people who want to walk out on Thanksgiving Day because they're having to work from Walmart and Target, I'm for that. You know what the excuse is? Well, it's just traditionally known. that on holidays retail places will be open. No, it's not. That's not traditional. That's a new thing. Yes, it's been going on for 40 years. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse. But look who's prospering. Chick-fil-A, Hobby Lobby. We as a mission, we live it. We won't dare do it on Sabbath. It's life and death only. If something happens, and that's a donkey in the ditch. Or rather an ox in the ditch. So... We really don't have that many problems as much as we're aware that we have something coming our way. We all sense it. Even the atheists sense it. So, where do we go from here? What do we think about that? Is this the time now to cut back? Is this the time to slow down? Is this the time to say, Oh, we're doing too much work? Let me tell you, you better be doing a little sleep now and much work because we're on the clock. And it's ticking. And Our Lady didn't come 20 to the hour with that saying, that's a message in and itself. Our Lady didn't come to Bernadette at 6 a.m. in the morning time. Our Lady didn't come to Fatima, to the three visionaries there, to she? especially, at 12 noon, showing that we're at high noon. And then Our Lady comes at 20 to the hour in the evening. Darkness is coming. You think there's a message there? You better believe it is. Our Lady doesn't do anything, even our actions with that saying, a story Unfold prophetically. I'm laying things out to you, dear children. Are you paying attention? Look at, the chi- look at the signs, dear children. Look around you. Don't you see the signs of the times? We're in trouble, people. But we're not, ru- we're not suffering from that trouble. We still got it made. We're eating. We have things going on. But if we have a 29 event that drives us back to the soil, what are you going to do? You're going to kill your hogs because they can't take the heat? They're not genetically right? Okay, we learned that year. We got some more hogs the next year. Same thing, the best around. Pay 100 bucks more. If we're going to start off genetically, what did we do? We lost them. We thought we provided everything for the heat. It was on a fall day. Well by the, the, the guilt. The, the mother pig is, is, is in the sun, but it's a cool, breezy day. Went to rosary and he said, Oh, look, like we put put some water on her and just sprinkle the water. Come back, she's dead. Don't think you're gonna grow your tomatoes that's been hybrid and genetically and altered and this and that and and the diseases. Why? Because there's a principle in the Bible that no matter how well you know what you know, even if you're experts at this, don't expect it to work. When God ordains something, when he comes to reclaim something, don't expect everything to work. This comes from uh, Steve
3: Elliott uh, from his website, grassfire.com, and he's a nationally recognized communications specialist and a conservative grassroots leader. He wrote this the day after the presidential election on November 7th, and he writes, I want to share with you a letter that although 2,500 years old, it could have been written this morning for us, for faithful patriots who feel like they just discovered they will have to live at least the next four years in exile. This letter was written to Jewish exiles who had been pushed out of Jerusalem and forced to live under a tyrannical ruler named Nebuchadnezzar. The exiles wanted one thing. They wanted to be reestablished back in Israel. They even had a prophet named Hananiah come to them and tell them that their time of exile would only last two years. You can read about it in Jeremiah chapter 28. Hananiah was a false prophet. He died. And so Jeremiah wrote a letter to the exiles. You've probably heard a part of that letter recited many times. It's one of the most commonly quoted passages in the entire Bible. Unfortunately, this passage is mostly taken out of its proper context and delivered as a feel-good word that everything is going to be okay. One of my friends was quoting this verse yesterday morning, which would be in the morning of the election. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Those words sound so good. The future is bright. God has a plan for prosperity, for a real hope and a real future. On the eve of the election, it must have meant a Romney win. The GOP takes the Senate and we start the rollback of the Obama regime, right? Not exactly. Here's the shocking context of Jeremiah chapter 29. And I offer it to you, the context for November 6, 2012. The plan was exile. That was the plan Jeremiah's letter was talking about. I encourage you to go read all of Jeremiah 29. Here is the immediate context from Scripture. Quote, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you. The plan was 70 years of exile. Keep that in mind the next time someone quotes Jeremiah 29, chapter chapter 29, 11, to encourage you that your time of trouble will soon end. Not only was the exile going to last 70 years, the exile was the plan. If you don't believe me, go back and read the beginning of the letter from Jeremiah 29, 4. Here you'll see the Lord, through Jeremiah, giving the Jewish exiles specific instructions on how to conduct themselves in exile. Number one, build houses and settle down. Number two, plant gardens and we eat what they produce. Number three, marry and have sons and daughters. Number four, Marry off your sons and daughters so they can have children. And number five, increase in number, do not decrease. Again, remember the context. A false prophet had just come and said the time of exile would only last two years. That prophet died. The truth is, the people will be in exile for 70 years. And the directive is to build families, grow businesses, think transgenerationally and increase. It gets better because Jeremiah's letter makes it clear that building and marrying is not enough. People in exile must do something else. They must be a blessing to the land. Again, quoting from Scripture, Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So let's review. First, the plan is exile. Second, build. Third, bless. Simple, clear instructions. But why was this important? Why a plan for exile with specific instructions on how to act in exile? Historians tell us it was during the Babylonian captivity that the Israelites moved from a temple-Jerusalem-focused society to a synagogue and community-focused society. Simply put, it was the lessons learned during their time in exile which enabled the Jews to survive 2,500 years in exile, but not just survive, but to thrive and become the most prosperous, most successful, and most innovative people group in the history of civilization. Exile was the plan. So that's why today I'm going to build. And I'm going to plant. I'm going to bless. And I'm going to pray. For that is the final piece to the puzzle. From scripture. Then you will call on me. And come. And pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So let's get building, let's get planting, and let's get praying, and let's bless this land. There are lessons to be learned in exile.
2: So what does it mean to seek me with all your heart? You just start building, you just start changing your situation. You got it. No, it's much more than that. The abortion, the redefinition of marriage, the laws assaulting our liberties all has to do with our way of life. First, seeking the Lord means with all your heart that you change your way of life, change your directions, our lady said, change the direction of your life. Only then can you build and plant and prosper. Because you can build and plant all you want to, but you're not going to prosper. Right? It's a biblical principle. The abortion is from you and I. We're at fault for this. Until we can fix our fault, don't expect those big things with the marriage and all the way through to be fixed. We're fighting these things. We have people out there with groups and also many groups. Nobody's looking how you really fix it. The principle is not the way we just have young and go to court and pass laws. This isn't going to fix anything because it's a judgment against our divorce in the church. That's what it redefines really marriage. You don't want it. You don't keep it. You don't hold to, unto, unto a death. Then Satan, you can have it. God withdraws from it and he takes it over. To whom the same thing. The promiscuity. The broken divorce and families. This all bleeds to abortion. And the penalty is, is the relaxation of the stigma against it, which goes to greater sins, what we would never do, but we do the small ones. It's our broken window we have to fix. But if there's anything with this, have we led this, how it came about, is something very simple. God's solutions are always Simple comes down to one thing: to bless the land, you got to let it rest, and you got to rest on the seventh day, just as God did. And if you don't, all the culture will fall from that. Look what happened while you're sleeping. It's explicitly clear you cannot deny this statement after you read this book. Now I'm, I'm not talking the they fired the first shot. I'm talking about look what happened while you're sleeping. We fell asleep, and we violated the Sabbath. And now they want people to work on Thanksgiving Day. There'll be no holy days, no holidays, because we're not making holy. We're making holidays, fun, pleasure, entertainment. Go out, go to the movies, go to Walmart. We violate, and the dredge of society and the degraded, serious sins can do the same thing, because we gave them the key to the culture. They can ravage it, go through it, because they came through our door. it's okay for us to do on Sunday. We're Christians. It's okay for us to do this, do that. I mean, we're just going to a movie. No, it's not. You shouldn't be paying other people to work for you. This whole economic situation is tied to the Sabbath. What is the biblical principle? Jeremiah 36, 21 said, or rather Jeremiah says, until the land has retrieved it's lost Sabbath. during all the time it la- during all that time it lays waste. A profound principle. We've come through at least forty years of fifty-two Sundays per year. That's well over. That's just over two thousand Sundays. Two thousand Sundays that the land will lay wa- waste. It's forty years. Don't think it's not going to happen. And don't think if you don't live in the Sabbath that you're gonna, your land's going to prosper. You have to fight to make it do that. Jeremiah goes on and says, it shall have rest while 70 years are fulfilled. That was against Israel's judgment. So there's a principle right here that every Sabbath that is violated, you will be penalized. away from the land that's coming there's no question about it and we saw this and we changed it we thank God and we prospered since that time it's not that we won't suffer it's not that we're going to go through difficulties it's not that people can just walk in here hey I've been violated so but now I'm converted that you think you can come here and, and something happens and everybody's going to be hunky-dory it's not going to work that way God's principles don't have loopholes in them nobody escapes it the wicked, nor those who are supposed to be righteous. So we have darkness in our heart. And he says, do you permit me to purify it? This is the time of invitation. If you're accepting that, you're not going to go out on Sundays by ridicules. You say, how stupid. Let him say it. I finished a book called Jack Henson, Civil War Sharpshooter. And they had a beautiful place in Kentucky, a plantation, everything, the slaves, everything. It was like families. It was really unique. And the love that was in, the, in their community, everything that they had. And the Civil War broke out, and they were determined to be neutral, not for the South and not for the North. The North, did so many atrocities against their place and then people that forced Jack, no, uh, Jack Henson to go against the North. One by one, his sons were killed. Some were just shot even though they weren't fighting. The last two joined. One was a shot. Only one survived out of several kids. Grown-up men. But one thing in there is really sad, it says where his farm was, was uh, Bubbling Springs. And it talks about the last Christmas. He was exiled from his place. I don't know the condition of his heart. He seemed like a Christian man. But what I'm, point- I'm making is... Is this our last happy Thanksgiving? I'll be shocked if we don't see radical changes from today to next Thanksgiving. Did Our Lady come appear on that day because we're having a happy Thanksgiving? Or did she point the way, you're not being grateful. Nation, humble yourselves. Look at the blessings you've enjoyed and been enjoined too of how you prospered as Northern Nation in history parallel in Israels. Lady's got a lot to say to you today. She had a lot to say to us November 24th, 1988 and that first apparition Thanksgiving that she picked. No request made. No initiative on our own. We'd given up. She said it and she did it and she emphasized never going back there during that 1988 visit. She's been back there many times and now she's come and consecrated that ground at that place. July 3rd, 19, or to July 3rd, 2012. Just past July. A message to heal you and heal this nation. How will it be healed? Just like what Joan just read. Exile. We're going to be exiled from the way things are now. We're not going to have it. Are you thinking... Are you looking? This is why we got a conference December 6th and 7th. Don't miss it and don't come. And you won't be allowed in here unless you've read They Fired the First Shot because we don't even have time to bring you up to date on what that means. You sign an oath that I have read this book, not skimmed it, you've read it. And you're not invited if you haven't read it. Not being mean, we're in serious moments. Serious times demand serious response. It's the hour. There is no more time. Do you understand this? I plead with you. I'm begging you to follow me. America's weeping. There's things going on now that we see it. But yet, we're not really living that bad. Think about it. People don't have jobs. They're still eating. But yet, there's something ominous. Even for the people that are praying, we know, we know it's coming And so Jack Henson had his last happy Christmas, last happy Thanksgiving. Will next Thanksgiving be not a happy Thanksgiving, but very solemn and very holy? Because we'll be in such deep prayer because of circumstances. You say, oh, it's not that close. You will not say that once you've read they fired the first shot. It's not even just the hour, it's the minute. Things are happening behind the scenes, you will see it. Exactly as the election unfolded, it, we, we told you in the book. Very simple. If you're in prayer, you see it, you know your enemy, you know what's happening. And it's from God. By his withdrawal, because we don't want him. The culture don't want them. Our government don't want them, And by our way we've lived our lives, violating the Sabbath, even though we're Christian, we're going to church, we've told God we don't want you. We want to go do our entertainments. We want to do this. We want to do our sports. So judgment is visiting by our hand and our decision. Jeremiah, until the land has retrieved this lost Sabbath, until the land has retrieved it, nature defends God. His ways, His laws. Always remember that. He doesn't have to come straight. Nature doesn't have a free will. It goes by the will of God. We have a free will. We can defy Him, but not forever. The rain came, purified the earth. Fire came to Sodom. It was going to visit and innovate, but they got smart. They got humble. They prayed, called upon the Lord, and He healed their land. You got to begin with the Sabbath. Read, look what happened while you are sleeping. Read it again if you already had it. Be reading; they fired the first shot. You always have to be reading. I've learned a lot of spiritual lessons from Jack Henson's book. I don't agree with some of his tactics, but nevertheless, it shows what happened to the land. And as Abraham Lincoln said, "This Civil War was a purification for our sins," and that was nothing the way people lived back then compared to what we live now. We will not avoid it, Our Lady says. You cannot stop the seekers from coming. You can only pray to mitigate them. And in your your situation, your personal interest, by accepting the invitation, apart from what everybody else in the culture is doing, throwing your TV away, protecting your Sabbath, your personal interest is mitigating what's coming for you. So you can mitigate this. You won't avoid it. We won't avoid it here. I don't think somebody else is going to save you. It's all up to you to your prayers because one of the major things that's going to happen is every Sabbath that we violated will be retrieved. 2080 Sabbaths if it's 40 years. And it will lay in waste and it shall have rest because God will deem nature to go back to rest what we cheat them out of and we'll be a holy people. We may be a starving people. We'll probably be a lot less numbers. But we'll be a happy people because we'll feel that connection with God. And that's why when Adam says, by the sweat of your brow you shall eat, That this only occupation ordained by God doesn't mean we can't do carpentry work doesn't do other things But we got to stay connected to the soil because that's what we're drawn forth from and when you do that You have consolation you feel it There's something about doing this that you feel something of joy in your heart because you're close to God to creator to the creation To who you made it Frank you there.
4: Yeah, Well, there are some radical changes coming in 2013 and some some diabolical things. But sometimes when we give this message to our friends and family, they say this is a message of doom, you're prophets of doom. And that's not the message that I'm hearing. I've listened to almost every Metronomic show, and it's not a message of doom. I've studied the economy, studied monetary history, And there's no way to heal the in the current paradigm we're in. But there's an answer. There's an economical answer. And that's what the show has been teaching us for three years. It's conversion. This is how we'll heal. And this is how it'll change. But the best article that I read this week was from a field angel a friend that's in the precious metals business. It's Called minus forty-five days and counting to financial uh, change. I can't remember the exact title, but he says that there's an event coming in 2013 will be little notice, like June 24th, 1968, and August 15th, 1971, when the silver t- certificates were no longer honored when the gold vacuum was taken away from the dollar, the banking system is going to change the way they handle their fractional reserve banking. Gold will go from a Tier 3 asset to a Tier 1 asset. And banks will no longer be punished for holding gold. They'll get 100% value for holding gold. So this is a major change coming and a major change coming to the financial system and the banking system, and another reason that we should exit the current system. Two very significant things happened this week that haven't happened to me in the past in, in 10 years I've been doing this. Two people that I did business with, one was our veterinarian They came over, and another was some hay that we purchased. I asked him, as I do many times, do you take silver? In most times you get a sideways glance and people don't understand are you talking about change? or? And But both of them said immediately yes. And they both immediately knew why they wanted silver and they both knew the value to expect from the silver. They are both happy to take a miraculous model, silver rounds, and very joyful to hear the story again of Our Lady saying yes to God. And so... This is a tremendous change, and things are changing very fast. So, whether you don't agree with the situation of the economy, silver's in the bull market. It's safe. Paper is in stocks, bonds, all these things are in a bear market if they're measured in silver. They went down. Bull markets end with a parabolic rise, where the paperboy is telling you to buy silver, and the minimum wage employee is recommending silver, just like the tech boom, just like the NASDAQ ended. So this is something that we want to move into, and this is time to prepare. But I'd like to say on this Thanksgiving Day to everybody, Happy Thanksgiving. And a couple of things that I'm most grateful for in this ministry, the people that I talk to, your listeners, your field angels, your future field angels, which a lot of people are being introduced to this mission now because they fired the first shot, it ain't going to happen. These new writings, these very important writings, and they're doing what field angels do. They're spreading this message. And so make it formal. This is the best thing. This is what we're most grateful for. And the other thing, of course, we're very grateful for is friend of Medjugorje and the community of Caritas. Some of the most uh, important things we've done for our conversion are making pilgrimages, Keratops. The most important thing we can do this year is go to these meetings about, they fired the first shot in 2012 and our favorite retreat of the year, which we never, we've only missed one time since 2001, when uh, my wife was nine months pregnant with our ninth child. So please, everyone, put this on your calendar. We'd all love to see you there. It's the best time of year. It's the most important retreat yet.
2: We want to stress, too, that we're not talking about just getting silver. We're talking about getting something for God to make up even in repentance that we are in the work of evangelization. You're baptized and commissioned at that point to evangelize. You're you're called into the royal priesthood. The catechism says. So... How do you do that? You find out methods and, and ways and infrastructure, and the way you live your life. That can you be taking the right turn at the same time bringing somebody to conversion. The miraculous metal Medaglia Silver Medallion's purpose was to have a one ounce pure hundred percent or nine point nine 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 silver. That is the same thing as the American Eagle or any other piece of silver. Silver is silver. Some people think, oh, I got to get American Eagle. Well, why would you want to do that if you can put a miraculous medal on and bring people to conversion? In other words, you've got to have means of exchange. You've got to store the means and what you labored for, and you, you, the, 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 what you traded for. When you do this, don't put it in a bar. Don't put it in the American Eagle. It's not worth any—in fact, I think the medallion with the Medallion medallion is going to be worth more than the Silver Eagle in the end. Because when the secret's released, what are you going to want? You're going to have everything you do for the purpose of a holy purpose. You think they did the the angelus in the fields without wanting to bless their land? Is this writing Joan Redd talked to Be a blessing to the land. Be a blessing to the wealth you hold that when you dispense it, it brings a blessing to somebody else. Holy labor, holy skilled labor. Whether you be a surgeon, an accountant, Work in the soil. Bless others with what means you have. And when you store it for safekeeping, put it in the miraculous metal, medjugorje, silver piece. Nothing else. Why do you want it secularized? Sanctify it. And God We trust is there to give you false confidence on the dollar bill. It's worthless. It's a lie. And God We trust is on the round. And it's not a lie because God made it. So I want to tell you, if you've been doing that, and we've heard from people that's been buying stuff or junk silver or this, don't do that. This is cheaper than anything else you can get. you pay a spot price. We went to the Mint to make sure they did this as close to cost as possible. So there's nothing to compete with it. Even, in fact, on the secondary market, it's selling more than other specialty rounds because it's a coveted piece that people want. So if you're thinking about, well, I just to put this in something, don't do that. Do you want to be having that and, and risking not being sanctified and somebody steal it and lose everything and be distraught? This has a certain degree of protection because you're buying it for a holy purpose plus your own interests that you have to watch out for, you and your family, and your well-being. Nothing wrong with that. God expects us to provide for that. But why can't you do something that's holy with it at the same moment? And that being the case, if you were to lose it, was stolen, at least something's going to happen to those who stole it, they'll be carrying the miraculous medal, medal, which we know thieves have converted by this. Murderers have converted by it. Ain't going to happen. Talks about that. Frank, we way over time. What's your contact information?
4: Yeah, um, you can contact us toll free 877-936-7686. You can reach us by email, globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com and you can also uh, see our website at globalsilverinvestors.com and the Miraculous Medal is the answer. Conversion is the answer and we enter into our lady's yes when we carry the Miraculous Medal with devotion to her.
2: We hope you've a fulfilling day but a thoughtful day. We hope that today be something of a reflection of the blessings we've enjoyed not just this year, But our whole lifetime and where we're going from here, will we have a sad Thanksgiving next year? Be in prayer. Be holy. Keep the Sabbath. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye.